This is the Floorball Guru Podcast, episode 58. Welcome back to the Floorball Guru Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, setting up your program, uh, some tips and tricks that I have used over the years to kind of uh, extend registrations, encourage more people to register, and kind of get through that final push as you're looking to get your program off the ground. Now I've been developing programs for over a decade, <clears throat> working with different groups, working to uh, whether it's um, you know high school age, college age, adults, uh, or even into, into youth, and whether it's uh, outdoor rec programming as a guide or uh, working with different programs and groups to get them to come and pay uh, on a regular basis or even setting up classes or leagues. There is a little bit of a um, method to the madness and what you're trying to set up and the goal obviously is to get people to register to sign up and to then become consistent uh, across the board and that's how you grow and, and again we're, we're, we're talking about something that's going to take uh, some time to kind of build through but if done right can become consistent and uh, in the long term profitable so you know when I'm looking at uh, setting up a program a lot of times I try to create partnerships with local parks and rec or other entities to help in this entire process. There's a number of positives to it uh, that I have found that for the most part will outweigh any potential negatives, but it always keeps you on your toes because every organization is different. And so it is important to make sure that you're understanding what some of those nuances are so that you know kind of how to work or interact within that uh, construct to be successful. Um, first and foremost, if you're contracting, uh, making sure you have the paperwork done, making sure you have your liability insurance, uh, all the different federal things for, um, for your business license and things like that is gonna just make the process a lot easier. Now, sometimes you can uh, kind of work a deal where you work for them as an instructor and figure out what that will look like, but for the vast majority of programs, if you are bringing a program to them to get started, a lot of times they want to see that as a business that's coming in, providing that service, and then some sort of revenue share or split at that point. For most cities, uh, it's going to vary depending on what that revenue sh the uh, split is going to look like. Uh, I'd say the vast majority are all 70-30 or even more 60-40% of the revenue. Um, Personally, I think that's unfortunate um, because that naturally just forces the price right up. You know, if you've got uh, you know a program that you would bill at fifty dollars, well, you as a business isn't. It doesn't make sense for you to eat those costs. You're going to add in an additional thirty percent onto the the user fee to to make up the difference. So you know what you're getting, the city knows what they're getting, and it makes it a lot easier. Uh, you can even go further and break it down per day, per hour sort of costs and look at it and say, well, we really want to make sure we're getting, you know, $7, $10 per kid per day. And so figure out what that cost breakdown may be for your organization and then start filling in the numbers accordingly. Now, if you're starting out and you're, and you're able to kind of make those numbers work, perfect. I'm really fortunate. I work with the city of Lacey in Washington State. It's where I live. Uh, I've had a relationship for them for three years, uh, actually longer than that. Um, but uh, with floorball, we've been doing it for three years consistently. 
And one of the things that when I initially brought it to them was I asked for a lower percentage split than what maybe they would have provided for other organizations because I'm providing everything for the program, equipment, staffing, kind of all the other things. And at the same time, wanted to keep the costs low and affordable because I wanted to make sure that we took away any barriers to people participating. Um, now, in a long-term business structure, will that work as I start you know, growing it and needing to um, you know, hire staff and you know, payroll taxes and all that other stuff? You know, that's where the pricing structure may need to change a little bit. But for the, right now, it's pretty much just me. Um, I have a volunteer that, that helps me and I'm working to make sure that you know, we get him hopefully starting running his own programs and be able to kind of fuel things that way. Uh, and that's been really, really crucial for the long-term development. But part of it is once you have all that figured out, now you have to go through and start promoting it. The nice thing working with another entity is they are tied into the success of the program. The more kids you bring in, the more money you make, the more money they make. You're providing a new service, everybody wins. That's the goal. Everybody wins at that part, but you have to deliver. Uh, and, and it takes a lot of time and, and relationship building to make sure that the other entity and their staff know what your program is, how it differs, how it's going to, you know, all the little nuances about it, because of those in most cases are the ones that will be uh, talking to the end user because the cities are the ones that are going to usually take the registration. I like that as a positive. They take all the money. If there's cancellations or issues, they take they deal with all that that stuff um, on the front hand, and then I run the program, and then we take care of the money on the back end. Uh, I think there's a lot of positives to that for for my situation, and I think for a lot of people when they're looking to start a program and get it off the ground. Here's the thing: if you if you've never done programs, hopefully if you've done programs, you you know this already. But one of the things, and it's probably one of the more frustrating, um, maybe a little annoying things that happens when you do a program and you're trying to get people to sign up, the vast majority of the time and the vast majority of people sign up last minute. And in reality, we're talking within a 48-hour or less time frame where the majority of your programs are, you're going to see kids signing up. And there's lots of reasons for that. Um, it doesn't make it any easier that that's the case, but if you're lucky, you'll you'll see about three weeks out, you'll see people register. Two weeks, you'll start getting a couple more. One week, and then you know, depending on how your program has evolved over time, or if you're starting out, you're likely to see most of those kids sign up in that 48 to 24 hour time frame. Here's one of the, the things that's really important to do when you're working with a city is to understand what their registration timeline is. And I say that because more often than not, you're going to get kids and parents that sign up or want to sign up or show up at the after your program has already started. Either it's they sign up day of the program, they show up to your program saying, I'd, I'd like to, to participate, but I missed the deadline, or they may call you a couple days later, even a week later, and want to participate. Now, for me, more kids, the better. You missed a week. I don't care. Get them in here. Let's get more kids playing. You know, a week is nothing. Everybody misses a week from time to time. Uh, that's not a make or break. The caveat to that is making sure the price does not differ. 
Just because you came in late does not mean you get a discount on the price. It's about the experience that you're paying for the entire experience. Now, if you chose to miss a day or this or that, that's, that's on you. Um, and that can be hard for different people. Some people have different policies, but it's really, really important to make sure you understand that. And then if, if, and then get the, your, um, you know, the city or whoever you're working with to kind of be on that same page. And so it takes a little bit of that conversation and that relationship building in order to kind of flush some of that stuff out and make sure everybody's on that same page. Uh, a good example is I had, I ran, uh, I have my, my, my league that, or, that started, I have my classes that started this last week and, uh, today, um, which was, you know, a day, a week later, I have still have people that are signing up and I've signed up at least three or four kids after we've already run that session. Well, again, I don't want to leave anybody out and more kids means more money. Why not? Let's get them in. Let's get them going. The hope too, is that the more kids we get involved again, as the next session comes around, hopefully they're then now signing up earlier, then they're going to tell their friends and it's going to, and the parents are going to talk to their friends and so on and so forth. And so it's, it becomes really important from the marketing standpoint to try to grab as many kids because you then expand your network that much further into the process. So, you know, if you're looking at how do I start a program uh, maybe you're getting a little frustrated or you're starting to, you're looking at numbers and you're going, Oh, I'm a week out and nobody's signed up. It's okay. Um, if it's a week out and nobody's signed up, um, that's a different conversation to have. Okay. Maybe you need to run a Facebook ad and, and I will routinely do that. Now I don't necessarily spend a ton of money on Facebook ads, but the nice thing with Facebook and Instagram ad specifically is you can target uh, your specific areas. And so that can help with demographics, age groups, trying to get it across there. Um, you know, obviously the more money, the, the bigger the reach, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go out and spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars um, right away. Personally, I spend anywhere from 50 to to $100, break that out over a week or two. Um, and, and then you also have to look at when are you marketing, what other things, what other factors are going into uh what you're doing. And then again, are you consistent with some of that programming going forward? Is it always Thursday at five 30 for that? If our ages five to six and every session you run, it's Thursdays from five at five 30 from five and six year olds and so on and so forth. And then people start to get into that routine. They start to, um, look for it. They know when to register, uh, all that other stuff. So there's that, that big component to it. The other part that's really crucial and what's nice about working with the city is you, you and you ask for it and hopefully they want to give this to you because, um, you know, you need it. You're the one that's going to ultimately be communicating with the parents and sending, being able to get emails and phone calls and things like that. If you have to cancel the program, uh, you need to send out, uh, information about something and just get a hold of people. People really do appreciate that that phone call, if you have to cancel, you start, start that tree and start calling people and, and hopefully catch them before they leave and, and really kind of go above and beyond in that regard. And the cities can help with that too, which is also really nice. Um, but the bigger part is you then now have some data that you can start targeting, e doing emails and sending people out and getting them into your world even further. Um, and all that stuff kind of comes uh, with it. And so the, the, that's another benefit of working with the city uh, in that regard. 
And then finally, the one I want to touch on briefly is uh, working with the cities opens up doors as far as facilities in space. One of the hardest things to do is to find space. It's usually your, one of your highest costs other than personnel. Um, and it's, it's really challenging depending on the time of the year because you're going to be fighting for space with just about anybody else that's also looking to do similar things. So if you have a leg up into that by working through the city, typically, depending on where they have, they either have their own facilities or they're already tied in with the local school districts so that they can you know, give you first dib on the time and the date and all this other stuff. So it's really crucial as you, as you can form those relationships, build it forward, um, and, and that again, grow your program from nothing, which I've done to this session alone. I've got over, you know, I've got 50 kids that are in my programs between the league and the classes. I'm seeing ki- more kids than I've ever seen in my classes. Uh, and I'm hopeful uh, it's been a nice, consistent growth. And this was a little bit of a, a blip this year uh, to some degree for this session around. And, and we'll see kind of where that goes throughout the rest of the year as I continue to do different programs. Um, but those are all the things that I ne- couldn't necessarily have done without working with a city and having such positive relationships with the city, making sure I'm showing them the value that I'm bringing them as a city while we're still trying to keep the program uh, affordable, as affordable as we can. And the, and that's kind of where, you know, everyone has to work on that. Every area is different. You know, living in Lacey, that my price point is definitely different from Seattle, from, uh, you know, uh, Everett or even into Oregon or California. It's just, there's a lot of other things that are going on, but I've had those conversations I've been able to figure out what's working. Um, it is working, and I'm really excited going into the, this next year to continue to impact and get more kids involved and continue to grow it. So it, I hope that helped people when you're, when you're kind of looking at how do I start a program. I hope maybe you know, it eased some tension when you're thinking about, okay, why are kids not signing up? You know, where is everybody sort of a thing? Um, there's a lot of factors that play into it, but uh, I hope that this helps give you a little bit of guidance on, on potential routes, especially if you're looking to start or if you've started and you're looking to keep grow, growing it, uh, your program as you, as you move forward. So get out there, form those relationships with people, talk to them, really continue to sell, sell, sell um, about the benefits of the sport of floorball across, across the board. And it, you know, if you're interested in starting programs, uh, reach out to me. Uh, I you know, can't wait to see this sport blow up and continue to grow across the country. And I love working with groups around the country, get their programs off and be successful. I'd love nothing more than to see every floorball program start to become successful and really start to make an impact in their areas just for kids playing sports and having fun, uh, but also as a sport and to develop it into what it could be in the long term. Um, and, and when we need people like you that are hopefully listening to start these programs and to see that value with it. And we know when we continue to grow it, it's going to be a beautiful thing. So if you need more information about floorball, you're looking for education materials, equipment, uh, guidance. I cover a lot of different topics through my podcast, through my website. Check it out at www.floorballguru.com. Reach out to me, uh, Dave at floorballguru.com. Find me on social media and let's have a conversation and let's see if we can get your programs uh, successful. And more importantly, keep floorballing.